Who's going to lead the Chiefs in target share? Who gets all those passes from QB1? That's what we're talking about today on Fantasy Friday here on Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, everybody. It is a special live Fantasy Friday, something you guys have been asking about for a long time. We're going to get into all the topics here in a little bit. We're brought to you today by Bird Dogs. You want to go check them out at birddogs.com slash locked on because they'll get you a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Go check them out. <coughs> it's making me verklempt to tell you the truth. Those tumblers are great. We're going to get into today something you guys have been asking uh, for a very, very, very long time. We're going to go over some fantasy topics for the next few Fridays until training camp to give you what you're looking for. I'm kind of excited about it. Thanks for making us your first listen. Make sure you're here every day like all the Locos are. That's the Locked On Chiefs official subscribers. They're here every day. We want you to be here every day as well. So like, sub, hit the bell on YouTube. Hit the audio platforms on Spotify and Apple and get that done as well. lot to go over. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, and RGR Football. And I'm Chris Clark from Chiefs Corner, and there's a lot to talk about when we get into fantasy football talk when it comes to the Chiefs. Target share is going to be very interesting when it comes to the wide receivers and tight ends and running backs as well. Uh, if you want to send us questions and you want to talk to us, we have a new text line. Please text us at 816-357-8781, and you will be getting a lot more information coming from us in the coming weeks, uh, especially when training camp kicks off, but we are starting to use it now, so be sure to check that out. Yeah, there's a lot to that, and we're going to be able to take it in some very cool directions. One cool direction is something we finally came around to, um, in giving you guys fantasy information. Now, it's just that time as everybody's starting to spool up for their fantasy drafts for the season. And we'll go over what I think is the most important thing in this offense, probably every year, but certainly this year, and that is target share. But before we get into that topic later, we're going to talk about who could be the surprise guys that make a claim on a lot of those points that you're looking for in your leagues. And what's the best positional value of all the Chiefs in terms of who can put up points for your scores? It's a little bit different for us. Now, Chris and I play a little bit older school type methodology. Um, I'm not best ball or anything like that. I play an old school uh, two quarterback uh, no points per catch. Uh, let's see. We have a we do have a flex. We do have an ultimate flex. <clears throat> but unlike years past, I'm down to one league. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, we still run running backs, people on the ground, and give them points for that. So that's the way that it goes. But we can adapt. And I think what's going to be fun here is for you. Your format is a little bit different in that you play. Uh, was it double matchups in yours? Yep. So yeah, it's it's a little, it's a little different. But it's just two games a week, and you don't really change the players that you're, you're putting up. So, I mean, the only bigger difference, really the biggest difference probably in my league than most, is that quarterbacks get ridiculous points in my league. It's, uh, you know, you get one yard per 10 yards <clears throat> passing. Um, and actually, I think wow. it's two per 20. Yeah. It's – Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mahomes is by far the best value in my league, and that's not going to ever probably change, uh, especially when it comes to the Chiefs. Second is probably a little bit of a surprise, though. Yeah. Is it pass catchers? It is pass catcher. And uh, we don't have PPR, but uh, second in my league is probably going to be Travis Kelsey. And I say that because 
if you look at NFL football and you look at fantasy football in general, there are not that many tight ends that score points on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey is one of maybe four or five that you can count on to get you six, seven, eight points, depending on how your points go every single week. Well, and that's – I'm in a very similar boat. Um, we've tried to make it in in my league – very much what you see on the field, and that is the quarterbacks are the most important position. They do score a lot. They're not quite like yours, but they're up there. And so I, I just want to put that out for everyone so you understand the point of view that we're coming from. We're going to talk about standard leagues and what comes into play because I played those for a thousand years as well, and we both have experience in that. But we want to kind of take it back to what most replicates the real league because that comes down to it, and that's how we're tying it into real stats that make the difference in your week to week. And that's why we come back to target share. And it's funny that you think Travis Kelsey is maybe the next best value in your system in a standard league. He's certainly tight end one. And let me ask you this. We'll start with it this way. Would it surprise you to know that he got 182 targets last season when the ball was spread around a little bit more? Is that, does that catch you off guard? No, it doesn't catch me off guard at all. One of the things uh, and our buddy Seth is actually putting out uh, some great content about talking about the different Chiefs and, and Nate Taylor as well, talking about different Chiefs and the roster and how it's being constructed and what they're doing. And one of the things that we saw last year, and you and I talked about this uh, a lot, was they need to reduce Travis Kelsey's time on the field. And that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be getting less yards. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be getting less passes thrown to him. But he doesn't need to be on the field for 80% of the snaps. That is not how you keep him healthy. That is not how you keep him going for the next couple of years. And I do think he's got at least two years left. Uh, And obviously we'll see how he looks this season to determine whether or not that even goes even further. Yeah, and that's absolutely fair. I I think he's got quite a number past that, to tell you the truth. For those of you that have been paying attention this week, uh, he is down in Nashville um, participating, leading uh, (laughs) tight end university. Coaching skills are a little bit something that he's working on, clearly. Um, if you've seen a couple of the clips, he knows how he's doing things. Expressing that to other people is a little bit different. But it, it goes to show you that not only is he is he the caliber of person that can do that, but he's looked at as one of the premier players at his position in the league. Certainly, that's the case here. Last season, 182 targets, by far the most on this roster. The next runner-up was Juju Smith-Schuster, which we'll get into next uh, in terms of who could take those targets, but he was down at 109, like two thirds roughly of what Travis was getting. And that's why I think despite all the change and all the uh, receiver core talk that we've been going through the last couple of seasons, it's about who takes Juju's targets, not really who takes Travis's snap count should come down for Travis. I don't think target share is going to, do you? I think it may come down a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets maybe closer to 160 targets this next season. Uh, and I, I just think that they're going to have to take a little bit away from him and they're going to have to use rely on guys like Noah Gray and Jody Fortson to step up and, and contribute more. Uh, and maybe it goes a different direction and they you start using the wide receivers more than they've been using the tight ends uh, as well. So I think that it's going to come down a little bit. It wouldn't shock me if it stays at 180, but I would expect it's going to come down a little bit. Okay. It's still well within the, the margin of error. If we look at the last, what is it, six seasons? No, five seasons. Going back to 2018, 
all of them for Travis Kelsey have been 150 targets or greater yep. every single year. And that's why he's the value that he is. He is tied in one. I don't care what your league format is. He's the guy you got to go get. But is the tight end the best positional value in standard leagues, in PPR leagues, et cetera? And where does Travis versus Kadarius Tony versus Sky Moore, where do they all fit? That's coming up next. First, got to tell you about our friends over at Bird Dogs, because right now they do the one thing that everybody wants. They make you look good. And that's what it comes down to. Bird Dogs uh, stretch khaki shorts. They're designed to slip femur through the thigh and the leg, giving you a sculpted look that not everybody can give you. The shorts do the exact same thing, uh, but they fit better than Lululemon or some of these bigger brands. They fit way better than regular shorts that are, are made to really be kind of stiff and restrictive and don't let you do what you need to do. They fixed the issue and invented a cloud knit fabric that looks like khaki, looks good when it's flat pressed, and stretches in any way that you need to give you comfort without sacrificing any of the look or any of the movement that you're looking for. It's anti-sweat uh, wicking fabric, and it keeps you cool all day, every day, all the time. So what we want you to do is go to birddogs.com slash NFL. That's down there underneath me on YouTube. Birddogs.com slash on for a free Yeti style tumbler with every single order. Try it out. You will enjoy what you get from Bird Dogs. You don't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. Now, when it comes back to positional value, this is a little bit league-based, but yep. receptions are receptions. If you're in a PPR league, Travis Kelsey is an outlier in terms of the target share that we talked about in the first segment, but the positional value in a standard league lies more in the wide receivers, in my opinion, in terms of pass catchers. But you get the same kind of yardage and the same kind of PPR stats when you talk about running backs that catch patches. So when we put this all together, in your opinion, especially for somebody who's playing a standard PPR league, what's the best positional value? Where should they be looking? And are the Chiefs just a total outlier on that? Well, I think it it's a little bit of an outlier. And if you start looking at PPR leagues versus standard, and I want to say this, standard, I think that Pacheco takes a little bit of a hit, mainly because you start looking at running backs in this system and how often he's going to get the ball, how much they're going to be running, and specifically how much is he going to be running. I think that's a little bit different than uh, you know most scenarios in most teams. So uh, when you start looking at Pacheco, and the bigger question when it comes to PPR, is he going to be catching the ball much out of the backfield? You're looking at a situation where it could be that McKinnon is their guy that they're throwing the ball to out of the backfield when he's eating into Pacheco's stats. So you may not ever have a great scenario for having a running back from this Chiefs team. Gary, thank you for your comment, folks. We are live. If, you, if you're not catching that, if you're catching it on rewatch, let us know your thoughts as well. And uh, appreciate you, Gary. Uh, and it really is going to be interesting to see what group of receivers makes this roster. And that is going to feed into our topic later about who could surprise us, who could take something there. But when I look at what's going, and we're just talking passing game right now. We'll talk about running back value versus quarterback value in coming weeks. But just today, in a standard PPR league, it's going to be Travis Kelsey is the number one option in terms of draft value on this roster for me every time, no matter what. Am I wrong? Nope, he is. Okay. And and quite and frankly, then, I mean, you look at him, he's probably, what, top 10 pass catcher in the NFL uh, when it comes to PPR. And I'm not talking just wide receiver. I'm not talking tight end. I'm talking wide receiver as well. So I definitely think he's easily the number one person on the Chiefs. 
I think so as well. Then it comes down to how do you move the ball elsewise? And so then the toss up, as we were talking before, 109 targets for Juju Smith-Schuster. How does that get replaced? How do, how do they disperse that? Because that's the hardest part for me. Uh, MVS had 87 targets. So obviously that's a, that's a continual thread moving through this roster. And the outlier was what they did with Jarek McKinnon. Now, I believe that was a, a reaction to the defense they, was, where they were getting. I'm leaning towards MVS being the number two positional value guy on this roster as it stands right now. I could see it, but I'm not so sure I, I agree with it. Okay. There's there's a guy that I think could really surge, and it is because I think he's going to be stepping into doing a lot of what Juju is doing. Uh, surge is that next is, segment. I know. I'm just saying. I'm not, That's why I'm not mentioning the guy. I'm just saying. I don't know that I would agree that MBS is number two. I think he could be if he is able to get past and be consistent like he was uh, during the AFC Championship game. If he can be consistent, always catch the ball, or at least – you know, knock down the drops considerably. I think that that changes the scenario a little bit. Maybe he can be number two. Okay. You already talked about Pacheco and, and taking a little bit of a hit there in standard PPR leagues. But my question for you is the sustainability of Jarek McKinnon because we saw what I think is an outlier season. I don't think it gets replicated again, especially given everything that we're talking about on the outside. But it's also situational. So, if you're a, a fantasy manager, what are you looking to do with Jarek McKinnon? Where is he value-wise? I think he has to be down the list. And if you go back and you watch McKinnon's touchdowns last year, uh, his long touchdown against the Broncos, that was off script. That wasn't a design play that was – maybe he was supposed to be out in the flats, but that wasn't like he was doing a wheel route and going down the sideline. That was Mahomes making a play and just kind of flipping the ball. Uh, and, you know – he's going to do those kinds of things. So I think he's, I think it was an outlier last year. I wouldn't think that he's going to be anywhere near probably one of the top running backs you want, especially when you're starting to talk PPR and, and catching the ball out of the backfield, because when you start talking PPR, you also have to take into account when, with running backs, how much do they grow on the ball? Because that's going to matter, even if we're not talking target share. Uh, and I just don't think he's going to get that many runs. So his target share when it comes to passes might be up, but his overall value isn't going to be there. Well, I, I agree with you personally, and, and that's when it comes back to positional value for the running backs in particular has to be taken into account because they get touches inside the red zone. And still, when you look at Pacheco, six touchdowns on the year last year on the ground, that's still only two-thirds of what you got to McKinnon in the air. So that's that's where I think you have to go. It, positionally, I think the running backs are below the wide receivers, and on this yeah. roster, they're below the tight end. But I think you could be evenly slipped between McKinnon and Pacheco in terms of overall production in fantasy points. It's possible, but I would also say that the thing that's really going to matter is when you start looking at McKinnon and Pacheco, I think it could be a week-to-week matchup. Is the team stronger against the run or are they stronger against the pass? Because there are some teams that are okay against the run or better against the run that struggle against the pass. More specifically, teams that struggle covering running backs out of the backfield catching the ball. Kansas City has been one of those for quite a while uh, at different times throughout the past several years. So that is something you're going to have to look at is if you have the ability to have one or the other or you have both, you're going to have to figure out what's the best matchup for that week. Uh, Jamie, good timing on the question as we just started talking about the running backs. I appreciate that. Um, that said, that's where we have it tiered. Travis Kelsey, 
then wide receiver, then running back positional value on this roster. Now, who could change that up? Who could surge, as Chris put it a little bit ago? We'll do that right after this. Now, I have a couple ideas here, but uh, you clearly have someone very specific in mind who can then go take the, the reins there. 109 receptions up for grabs. Who surges in your mind in 2023? I think it could be Sky Moore. And I say Sky Moore because I think he's going to do a lot of what they use Juju to do. I think he's going to do a lot of the stuff that's in the middle of the field. And I think that he started to get comfortable in the offense last year at this time, or sorry, towards the end of the year. Uh, and I think he's going to be to the point where he's going to step in and he's going to have that role. He's going to step in and, and kind of get some of Juju's, the type of targets Juju was getting. Now, to be fair, I also want to say, I'm not saying that Kadarius Tony can't be effective. I do think he can be effective, but it's different than last year because you're, he's in a different position this year. Last year, he's more of a gadget player, somebody that they brought in that wasn't really thought of to be part of the offense until late, very late in the season. This year, you're going into it thinking he's wide receiver one. Is the value there a wide receiver one? I don't think so until you can see if he can get through a full season healthy. Well, and that's the big rub. And, and I understand where you're coming from. I, I'm a believer. Between Rick Burkholder, the rest of the process, and the fact that he plays for Pat Mahomes, preparation, ability to stay healthy, I think is on everyone's forefront. I'm betting that he is. When it comes to draft day, I have Kadarius ahead of Sky because I think that's what they're going to do. And it's not to directly compare him, but I think he is the new Tyreek Hill in terms of play design is going to be between he and Travis Kelsey. How can yep. you stress the defense with those two players and everyone else fills in the gaps? So I do feel like he he will be wide receiver one in terms of functional design, and I think that will lead to more opportunities, targets, and possibly more touchdowns. That's what I'm banking on. Yeah. And I can definitely see it. And I think that if Kansas City can stress it with Tyree Kill, or sorry, not Tyree Kill, uh, with Kadarius Tony and T Travis Kelsey, like you said, then you're in a situation where it opens up things for guys like MBS. It opens up things for Rasheed Rice. It opens up things for Sky Moore. That's one of the re that's another one of the reasons I think Sky Moore is is really going to surge this year is because when you start stressing on the outside with Kadarius Tony and more on the interior or a slot guy with Travis Kelsey. You're going to have those other interior places that you're going to have open spaces because the defense can't guard it all. That's one thing that Kansas City has struggled with in the past is when you look at what they had with Tyreek Hill, it was either Hill or Kelsey. Those were your two guys. I don't think it's that way this year. I think that you're looking at a situation where I don't know that Sky Moore is going to get a thousand yards, but I definitely think he could get 800. And mm -hmm. I definitely think he'd get five, four or five touchdowns just because of the way I think they're going to be able to use him uh, and the other weapons that he has around him. Yeah, and I think 5,000 is on the table, folks. We're going to talk about the quarterbacks coming up in future uh, Friday fantasy shows, so don't mind that. But if I turn my uh, my Rogue Nation hat around here, and if you guys are interested in Rogue Nation, you can go over to RGR Football and pick those up at the RGR store. Um, but pretend this has tinfoil on it now, because this is where I get a little bit off. Because I am doubling down on my preparations for my draft, um, and I might even have to do another league just specifically for this. But I'm banking in the Chris Jones gets deal gets done, and D Hop is a Kansas City Chief. That's where this is going for me. That's the surge that I expect coming. And what that does for me 
is it slots him in right underneath Travis Kelsey. I don't think he affects Travis's targets. I think Travis still has 1,300 yards on the season, uh, at least 12 touchdowns, et cetera. But I think D-Hop then takes the number two slot and bumps everyone else down. Would you agree with that if it happens? <laughs> Absolutely. And okay. if that happens, Sky Moore is not probably getting 800 yards, but it's not going to matter because good luck stopping the offense. Because at that point, you have D-Hop on the outside, you have Travis Kelsey, and now you have Kadarius Tony, who's able to do a lot of what Tyreek Hill was able to do. And he can he doesn't have to be the number one wide receiver. He can be wide receiver two, learn from D-Hop the wide receiver position a little bit more and a little bit deeper, and really progress as the season goes on. And the guy that I think is going to take uh, the most from D Hop isn't necessarily Tony. It isn't really MBS or Sky. It's probably Rasheed Rice. I think that you look at the way he's built, and I think he's going to step into a role that, like D Hop, could play for Kansas City in the next couple of seasons. And I really think it could help help his development over the next couple of years having D Hop to learn from. I completely agree with you. The guy whose value it destroys in my head, if D Hop's on this roster, throw everything that I said about MBS out the window because he's not leading in targets after Travis Kelsey. I guarantee you that. He's probably fourth at that point. Um, and maybe even less, depending on, on who catches on to what role. So long story to say that this is how you should approach your fantasy draft. Don't draft until after Chris Jones is in camp and you have a concept <laughs> of what's going on. But the other part of the MVS question is when you get to that point, if you think about it, if they have D-Hop and they have Kadarius Tony and they have Travis Kelsey, MVS becomes the fourth target, the fourth best target on the team. That's a phenomenal position for Kansas City to have him in, considering if you look at what that he was able to do last year, if he's back to the fourth target, he's probably not getting the yardage he got last year. Maybe the maybe he'll get the targets. Maybe he'll get a, a little bit more because there's pl- going to be plenty of targets to go around. But it gives him the ability to really stress what is what he's best at, and that's stressing the field deep and not having to do some of the other stuff that they had him do last year. Uh, but that actually could help open up the little stuff, the stuff underneath for him as well. I agree. Uh, I think it actually drops him farther. I think Sky Moore would then have a higher target share than MVS at that point. Uh, as the number four. So there's a lot of room there. That to be said is obviously got to wait to see what happens with the Chris Jones situation, which determines what happens with the D hops situation, which determines who Patrick's throwing the ball to. So, if you can push your drafts into late August or even the first week of September, you're going to be much, much happier because we'll know then. So that's where we stand today. Let us know what you think. Are you happy with Fantasy Fridays? I know it's a different kind of talk. A lot of you have been waiting for a number of years for this, and some of you are kind of like, why are you guys talking fantasy? We'd like to know what you think. Put your, your reactions in the comments here on YouTube, in the reviews on Spotify and Apple. Text us at 816-357-8781 and give us your opinion there. We would appreciate it. Hope that you guys enjoyed this. Enjoy your weekend. We're going to be back next week starting to look at positional battles we expect. Thanks for spending your time with us. Enjoy Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll be back with you on Monday. Well done.